Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Best of Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. It is a Thursday and we're loaded. In L.A., it's The Herd, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, FS1, one hour from now. Greg Cosell, fantasy football, betting on football, just love football, want to be smarter in football. Greg Cosell, one hour from now. J-Mac, you'd think there'd be a lull. There is not a lull. There's a lot going on. Saturday, Cowboys at home against a backup. Sunday, Dolphins come home. I think they're going to hammer Green Bay. Two of the biggest games of the weekend. You ready to go? Jets-Jags action. Can we get through that one first? Okay. Big game I'm excited for that. Powerful offense, great defense. I want to start with this, though. So, um, it's not the biggest game in Dak's career, but it couldn't be the most telling game in Dak's career. At home, second most pro bowlers in the league, Facing a backup. Feels like you got to win that one convincingly, right? You're at home, Gardner Minshew. You got all sorts of pro bowlers, run games rolling. Go back to Dak's career. It's interesting. He's incredibly likable. Fourth round pick. Not a beautiful thrower. Really nice kid. Year one, he goes 13 and three. And we no longer call him Dak Prescott. We just, from that point forward, call him Dak America's team has replaced the polarizing, semi-popular Tony Romo. They've got their guy. America's team's got Dak. 13-3, and he gets most of the credit. In year two, Zeke gets suspended. Immaturity, they go 9-7. and The run game isn't there, and Dak's passer rating 
goes from 105 to 86, clearly signaling Dak needs a run game. That's why he went in the fourth round. But Dak didn't get any criticism. It was Zeke. Zeke was immature. Zeke's not dependable. Zeke's getting a big head. Zeke's not a team guy. Then we go to year three. Dallas's scoring's not very good. They're like 22nd in the league in scoring. Now Jason Garrett gets criticized. That guy's not creative. It's time to go. You've been here long enough. Not a lot of wins. Year four. Now Zeke's not as good. Running game's not as profound. Tony Pollard's not there yet doing anything big. And Jason Garrett, eight and eight. Jason's got to go. And you also hear this getting blamed. Distractions. When is Jerry going to pay Dak? It's distracting. Dak's got that thing hanging over his head. How can he concentrate? Year two, Zeke gets blamed. Year three and four, it's Garrett. Then distractions come in. Year five, McCarthy's in. Dak gets hurt. Let's throw that away. Last year's year six, 12 and five. Dak is rolling. Offense is back. Tony Pollard emerges. And they lose in the playoffs. And who gets blamed? Mike McCarthy. So Zeke's immaturity, Garrett can't coach, distractions got blamed. Now it's Mike McCarthy, and here we are in year seven. Dak's team is loaded. Number one in forcing turnovers. Number two in sacks. It's not the defense. Number two in rushing, rushing touchdowns. It's not the run game. Offensive line is better than most of us thought it would be. Second most pro bowlers, players everywhere, and Dak is 6-3 and three and in the losses has cost them games. Outdueled by Rodgers, Brady, and Trevor Lawrence. All considered more talented. In those three losses, Dak has completed just 60% of throws. With, with CeeDee Lamb? With that tight end? His passer rating's been in the 70s. Six TDs, five picks. When things go right, and I understand why, because he's really likable, great at the podium, looks and sounds like a cowboy quarterback. When things go well, it's constantly Dak is underappreciated. When things go south, Jerry's creating noise. What about the distractions? Zeke is immature and eroding. Garrett can't coach. McCarthy can't run the clock. So here we are at home. Great defense, profound running game. C.D. Lamb has emerged as a number one facing Gardner Minshew. It's got to be a resounding win, right? Jerry is always at his back, but even Jerry has noticed this year. Jerry now is noticing in some of these games, Dak is making too many mistakes. We can win with him playing like that to be tried. I thought he played outstanding. And uh, as we see, he wasn't playing against chop liver out there. Uh, certainly, those interceptions can neutralize uh, great uh, execution and effort in other parts of the game. Interceptions can. That's being tried. But I will tell you now, uh, the definition of aggressiveness uh, doesn't have to include turnovers. It does not have to include that. Aggressive does not. And uh, I do like aggressiveness without the turnovers. Just a little doubt for the first time on Dak from Jerry Jones. At home, 
Second most Pro Bowlers, Gardner Minshew, really healthy. Dallas needs to win and probably should win comfortably. All right. So when you vote for the Pro Bowl, fans get a third of the vote. Coaches get a third of the vote. And players get a third of the vote. The fans overwhelmingly voted Tua as the Pro Bowl quarterback. But among players and coaches, he scored so poorly, despite overwhelming support from the fans, he did not make the Pro Bowl in the AFC. Mahomes did. Josh Allen did. Joe Burrow did. All absolutely appropriately did. The people that compete against Tua watch film against Tua, game plan against Tua, see it completely differently. I've said before, I think Tua is a much better throwing version of Tim Tebow. A Christian left-handed Southern quarterback who won a national title at a powerhouse. Incredibly decent, human, likable, embraceable. And what made Tebow popular is largely what makes Tua popular. Most pro athletes feel removed from us. They're 6'10", or 290 pounds of muscle. They're brash. They're rich. They live in neighborhoods we can't afford. We just drive by. But Tebow and Tua feel vulnerable and flawed. Tua's small size also helps. They feel like us. Do the Dolphins privately believe in Tua? I've got my doubts. But I will say this. Unlike the Chicago Bears whose first two draft picks were a corner and a safety, their third pick's a bust at wide receiver, and they hired a defensive coach. Unlike the Patriots with Mac Jones, who hired a defensive coordinator and put him on the offensive coordinator side, still have no weapons. Miami did it differently. They made a very abrupt pivot. Defensive guy to a brilliant offensive coach from a proven system got him a great left tackle and the fastest football player in the world they also added some nice running backs whether or not Miami publicly supports Tua doesn't matter eventually I do believe you'll see the ceiling if he has to go toe-to-toe with Mahomes or Allen or Burrow in a playoff game but Miami has proven this is the way to do it It enhances the chances for success. Justin Fields is running for his life. Mac Jones is screaming at the coaches. Tua is good enough to get you to the playoffs. And Miami, which has done almost nothing right for 20 years in the NFL, deserves a tip of the cap. Whether I love Tua as a quarterback, I love him as a guy, I think he's an amazing story, and Miami has figured out how to support a young person who's got flaws, who isn't perfect. Jimmy Johnson, former Dolphins coach, talked about it earlier this week on our show. They're making the best out of what they have with Tua. No, I, I, you know, Tua is not Joe Burrow. And, you know, Tua is not Herbert. He is not uh, Josh Allen. Uh, but if you give him the right supporting cast, Tua can win for you. Franchise quarterbacks are hard to find. You know, and even even pretty good quarterbacks are hard to find. You look around the league, about half of them, you know, really, uh, some of them can't play a lick. And and so, yeah, you, know, you you really got to do the best out of what you have until you find something better. 
Say it again. One of my favorite games of the weekend to watch. Probably my favorite. Green Bay goes to Miami. I think two are rebounds. I know the Packers are healthy. Can't wait to watch Sunday. I think it's the best game on TV. Green Bay going to Miami. People are bearing to it now. Be the first to admit, I've said, cold weather, Buffalo, Cincy. I, I don't see him pulling that out. But I did think in Buffalo, he executed the game plan. He wasn't outstanding, 17-30, but he was certainly good enough to win. Now he comes back home against the team, I think, with major flaws defensively. Tua's maybe not my favorite quarterback, but I appreciate how Miami has done business. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources this episode brought to you by 20th century studios kingdom of the planet of the apes director wes ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. What I'm about to say you're going to think is crazy. And it sounds kind of crazy. But one of the things about the National Football League that's great is year to year, it's a totally different league. Seven new teams make the playoffs, seven teams that did don't, seven coaches fired. Uh, Quarterbacks now, star quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson ends up, Houston to Cincinnati, Stafford's moving, Brady's moving, Russell Wilson's moving. Used to be like a star quarterback. Wherever he was, that's where he was. So I like change. I like disruption. I like movement. It's fun. So the Pro Bowl quarterbacks were listed yesterday. In the AFC, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. Perfect. In the NFC, Jalen Hurts, Geno Smith, and Kirk Cousins. Could I make an argument? Jared Goff got snubbed. I mean, the Vikings win a lot. Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cook. So, 
The Rams are one year removed from trading Jared Goff. They're a bit of a mess. The Lions are one year removed from acquiring Jared Goff. It's their best team, arguably, in a decade. If you look at Goff and Stafford's career numbers, it's kind of weird. Goff is slightly more accurate, has a slightly higher passer rating, and the same 2-to-1 TD ratio. They've both been to a Super Bowl. Colin, that's Sean McVay. Is it? I checked. Goff's passer rating is slightly higher in Detroit than Los Angeles. Now, Stafford's got a better arm. Nobody disputes that. And he was a high school All-American, number one pick. But Goff is younger, healthier, and has always been underrated as a, as a thrower. Even Greg Cosell said last week, you give him some time, he throws a beautiful football. The Lions, though, not only got Goff, they got two first-round picks, and one of them this year could be a top-five pick. So two things can be true. I absolutely get why the Rams made the move, and I cheered it and I supported it. But this idea that Goff was to blame for all their failures and that Goff can't play is not true. Said it before, I saw him outduel Patrick Mahomes on Monday Night Football in arguably the most dynamic offensive Monday Night Football game ever played. Remember that game? Unbelievable. So I'm not saying the Rams should have remorse on acquiring Stafford. But is it possible the odometer had been tweaked that Stafford's a little older and more beat up than Los Angeles knew? Because Goff is healthy. Goff's offense is humming. The idea that Detroit should draft C.J. Stroud over Goff is laughable. Goff is a significantly better arm talent. Goff's been to a Super Bowl. C.J. Stroud is struggling to beat Michigan. He got rolled by Oregon. So among NFC quarterbacks, NFC quarterbacks, I'm not, I'm not saying Burrow, Mahomes, Allen. Among NFC quarterbacks, outside of Aaron Rodgers, who throws a better ball? Kyler Murray's is pretty. Who throws a better ball? Just saying. With Goff, you get a lot of traits I like. He's 6'4 and a half, 6'5. He's quiet. He's an adult. There's no nonsense. He's never in trouble. He's got a better than average arm. He is not overly mobile. Either is Stafford. And he's almost always available to play. Two things can be true. Stafford is better than Goff, and the move made a ton of sense. But boy, could the Rams use a first-round pick. I think the Lions are really happy with what they got in that deal. Um, you're smiling at me for that, aren't you? I, I, lo- I love what you did there. That's play- kind of playing both sides. I mean, what would you rather have, Jared Goff or a Super Bowl victory? I would rather have a Super Bowl victory. It's why I supported the move. But yeah. what I'd really rather have is a healthy quarterback able to play on Sunday. And Stafford's a little older and a little creakier. And now retirement questions are coming in. All right, I thought this? we had six, seven more years of Stafford. I'm hoping for two. Over under one half co- uh, playoff wins for Jared Goff in Detroit. In his career. Over under what? One half. Oh, Will no, he no. Win over, one playoff over. Game? He'll win a playoff game. 
Yeah, this offensive line, these play. Yeah, absolutely. If they get, they have two firsts this year, and they have a history in the last couple of years of drafting well. Oh, oh, yeah, first yeah, round yeah. picks win playoff games. Mm, I don't know. Wow. So, so you think Detroit will win a playoff game? I, I don't know what the streak is. Somebody maybe in the control room could tell me they haven't won a playoff game in forever. <laughs> I mean, it's been a long time. Mm. Stafford couldn't win one. Jared Goss going to win one? I got to push back. They got so lucky to beat the Jets last week, Colin. Oh, my God. <laughs> fourth and one. Fourth and inches from midfield. Like, how the come, offense did nothing. How come everybody that beats the Jets 1991. Is there it is. 1991's their last playoff win. And Jared Goff's going to saunter into town with his supermodel girlfriend at Amara St. Brown. And he's going to win a playoff game? Very cynical over here. Yeah. All right. Jets day. <laughs> you know? Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. My opinion is Mike Vrabel is one of the smartest guys in the National Football League. And I'm, I'm counting coaches, coordinators, general managers, presidents. Mike Vrabel, to me, is one of the smartest ex-players that the sport has. I think Mike's really smart. Yeah. The GM of Tennessee got thrown out of the building. Mike's going to run the building. So Mike Vrabel's smart. He had Tom Brady. He knows the value of a quarterback. Yeah. He's built one of the best defenses. He's a tough guy, really smart. Tannehill now is in year 11. He's 34 years old. He's now going to miss the rest of the season. Malik Willis may be good, not close to beating a Lamar Jackson, a Herbert, a Mahomes, an Allen, a Burrow. Not close. Not close. Totally raw. Like he's a year of backing up again. I'll just throw this at you. This team is running back centric. Think Herschel Walker trade. They have to pay Derrick Henry a ton next year. Keep your eye on the Aaron Rodgers thing. They have three people they could move. The Titans could. Taylor Luan, the the, the tackle. They're going to own a fortune. He's now hurt a lot. But he is a left tackle. He's got value. Robert Woods, a number two receiver. They could kind of release him, save money. I think it's time to consider privately trading Derrick Henry. Okay, he had, he's got 1,700 carries in his career, 125 catches. Three of the last four years, he's led the NFL in carries. Folks, first of all, run-centric teams don't win Super Bowls. Ask Nick Chubb and the Browns, how many playoff wins for Zeke? How many playoff wins for the Titans? They don't win. you got to have a guy. Tannehill's now in his 11th year. He's average, slightly above average, and now he's getting hurt more often. Malik Willis isn't ready. Vrabel's one of the smartest guys in the world. Everybody freaks out, but Derrick Henry got a sell at the high point. He came into the league, didn't play a ton early. Over the last four or five years, he's like a pitcher throwing 300 innings. You got to get out of the deal before the deal gets into you. And I I just look around at run-centric teams. They don't win Super Bowls. Hell, they struggle to win playoff games. Nick Chubb in Cleveland. Cleveland's got a great O-line, great running back, offensive coach. Zeke, one playoff win. Who's the other one? Uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey. How many playoff wins do he have? Okay. I, I, I don't hate this strategy, but i got to ask, what's the next step? Because you are no longer attractive to Aaron Rodgers. No, no, you don't have Derrick no, no. Henry and you have no receivers. No, 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 no. So what you do is you get draft capital for that left tackle. Derrick Henry's going to fetch something on the market. You're now going to have some cap space because your defense is excellent. Aaron's played with a great defense one year. He won a Super Bowl. So this is a great defense. You're getting rid of a running back and a left tackle and a receiver. Okay. 
then you'll have money to spend on the market. You already have a, you already have a young receiver you like a lot at Arkansas. Burks is very good. Very when he's good. Healthy, yes. You could keep Woods if you wanted and renegotiate the deal, so you'd have a solid two. You draft another receiver. You go on the market. They do. They've done a good job of just plugging in tight ends, random guys you've never heard of, and they deliver. They. I just. I think it's. I'm one a of the, little leery of dumping the left tackle Taylor Lewan. He's like hurt you a need lot. an offensive line. I know he's hurt a lot. It, it, let me counter this. Is there a strategy where the Titans say, you know what, that model that the 49ers had? Build up a formidable defense. Yeah, but plug in a quarterback who can just get it done and have a good offensive line. Yeah, but the difference is Shanahan's an offensive genius. Yes. Vrabel's just a really smart dude. The second thing is they have made a San Francisco takes six round running backs like Elijah Mitchell and gets the Super Bowls. I mean, they they vote Kyle Shanahan. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's a great piece. Why? Because he's a receiver. Yeah, and Shanahan loves that. What do you think the market's like for Derrick Henry, a guy with a lot of miles on no, him? No, no, no. But he's—I mean, for a team that needs a running back, you'd give a, th- a third-round pick, maybe. You got to pay. I'd rather have Derrick Henry than a third-round pick. Well, but Derrick Henry's expensive. So if you get Derrick Henry, going to have to give up somebody else. He's not cheap. Running backs—he's been in this league now a lot of years and a lot of innings pitched. I, I mean, to me, Mike Frabel's a smart guy. He's looking around at Burrow, Mahomes, Allen. Now, Trevor Lawrence in his own division. I got to go toe-to-toe with 11-year Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis out of Liberty? That being said, they were the number one seed last year in the and, AFC. I and know they lost, and Burrow. they are still ahead of Jacksonville in the division right. this year. I mean, I, I think there's we could probably meet a middle ground, you know, JNC Consulting, uh, <laughs> to deliver something for Tennessee to get them out of it. The, they're, they're not a fun watch, Colin. Like, nobody wants to see that team in the playoffs. Well, Vrabel doesn't care about that, but he's too smart not to see the reality. Is Now he has one of those star quarterbacks— in his own division. It was one thing when they were all out of division. Now he's got to face Trevor twice a year. I'm just, and by the way, here comes Bryce Young to Houston. I, oh, I, maybe Malik Willis has something maybe. we haven't seen yet. Okay. He's got to, Certain, he's that's looked very limited in green in a couple okay. uh, appearances. One more herd. The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out. As the NBA postseason winds down, it's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text 
text HOPE NY 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Greg Cosell's probably listening to us jabber, shaking his head, 43 years NFL films. Well, let's talk about quarterbacks in the league. So um, here's what continues to bother me about Buffalo. I thought they were out-schemed, outside of center. I don't love their offensive line. They bail on the run and are continue to be ridiculously Josh Allen dependent, which, by the way, <laughs> I get. He's amazing. On film, I thought it was one of the best losses of the year. I thought Miami had a good plan. They were physical. They ran the ball. What did the tape say about Buffalo and Miami? Well, I, I thought that Miami's offense played well. I thought they... You know, when you run the ball effectively, there's not a lot of mystery as to why you run the ball effectively. They moved the interior tackles of the Bills' defense, which normally doesn't happen. Ed Oliver's had an outstanding year. He did not have a very good game. That allowed them to work to the second level where they were able to block Milano and Edmonds. So they ran the ball well. Um, And I thought Tua threw the ball well. Uh, He looked like Tua, you know, those quick rhythm throws. Although I thought there were a couple of plays in critical situations where the Bills had a really good feel for the concepts and they took away throws. But I agree with you about Josh Allen. We've talked about this. This is not a great offensive team. They do not run the ball particularly well or often. Their O-line, you're correct, is probably average at best. They've not really had a second receiver, Colin, step up after after digs. So they're kind of struggling there. So it's a very Josh Allen-centric team. And I've been doing this a long time, as have you. When teams that have flaws end up getting beat in, in important playoff games, I'm not surprised by that because those flaws can crop up any time. Uh, Now, last year, Josh Allen had two amazing playoff games. Obviously, they lost to the Chiefs. You almost have to have him play at that level any time you get to the playoffs. If he's not quite at that level, you wonder if their flaws are going to just bring them down. You know, it's interesting. Let's move to Kansas City. I want to talk about this. Yeah. So we kind of feel like Buffalo, Kansas City, right or wrong, they were they were in that Ollie Frazier bout last year, and I have a feeling they'll meet again. And it's really remarkable. I said this the other day, like Mahomes completed like 20 straight throws against Houston, and in high school that's absurd. Um, I mean, from his temperament to his arm talent to his mobility to his playmaking, he's about as good as anybody I've ever seen play this. But the offense now, because Tyreek's gone, is different. 
Totally. What is the Chiefs offense for somebody that lives and watches film? What's different about this Chiefs offense? Dig deep and tell me what you see. Okay, here's the difference. It's a major difference because what they have done over the course of this season, they have evolved into being a multiple tight end offense team. They now play with two tight ends, three tight ends, as much, if not more, than any team in this league. Hmm. Now, they did not do that previously. They were much more of an 11 personnel offense with three wide receivers. They don't play like that now. They play with 40% multiple tight ends, maybe more depending on the game. And the other player who we're looking at right now who has become a really critical piece of what they do is Jarek McKinnon. Over the last month, five weeks, he has really become important, particularly in the red zone. I mean, last week, Colin, McKinnon played 62% of the snaps. Mm. Pacheco only 35%. McKinnon had 10 rushes. Eight targets, eight receptions. So that fits because their pass game is much more condensed. Last week, Mahomes was 36 for 41 with a long completion of 21 yards. And he was efficient. So this offense has evolved in recognition of their talent. So it's a tribute to Andy Reid and the staff and to Mahomes, who is an incredibly smart quarterback, very aware a very instinctive, understands he can play any way you want him to play, any way that's necessary. So now I want to bring up a team that may be better than both, Cincinnati. And I've said this multiple times this year, is we tend to think, when we think of great defenses historically, we can name like Dick Butkus or, you know, sure. Richard Dent for the Bears. But with Cincinnati, they, they don't really have a star, but every time I watch them, they make changes at half and just shut teams yeah. down. They do this all the time. So yeah, is, it, yeah. is it scheme or talent? Because I this Cincinnati defense, I don't know what the stats say, is the best second-half defense I've seen in the league this year. Well, it's funny you say that because when I watched the tape this past week against Brady and the Bucs, my mind immediately went back to the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. You, you probably thought the same thing. I mean, it was evident they made some adjustments at halftime. They started playing with seven DBs. They started rushing three with eight in coverage. They, they had multiple pressure schemes, better route recognition. Uh, and you're right. There's not the one player you say, wow. That team, that that one guy is really dominant. They've got good players, though, at all three levels of their defense. I know Hubbard's out now, and I guess he'll be out for a number of weeks, but they've got really good players at all three levels. And I think the rookie corner they play, Cam Taylor Britt from Nebraska, he's a really good player, and he brings an attitude, a swagger, a competitiveness to this defense. So, uh, But you're right, Lou Anaramo does not get enough credit, their D coordinator, because he does a really good job in-game of understanding what he's seeing, what's hurting him, and then how to take it away. Before I get to Cowboys-Eagles, I, I want to I give a tip of the cap to Brian Dable. And I said um, – the fact that Brian Dable is getting strong consideration for coach of the year is an indictment of what he's working with. Because, and so, <laughs> so it's easy for me to say that outside of left tackle. I don't see a lot of talent. Barkley in the left tackle. You tell me. Because I think, I I think Dable's in a short list of coach of the year. Do the Giants have much offensive talent? No. And in fact, they have to play a certain way. They don't score a lot of points. 
Daniel Jones this year has the fewest 20-plus yard completions in the NFL, only about 20. Think about that. That is a very, very small number. Um, so they play close games. So when you play close games, your defense has to be a factor. This is a very aggressive defense. It's Wink Martindale. They blitz a lot. They play a lot of man. Um, that's the way he plays. That's what he believes in. So what they have to do, Colin, is they've got to run the ball. And there have been games this year where they've gotten to the second half and they've had a lead and they've not been able to run the ball. And then they, they, they lose. Um, this week, they were able to run the ball. They got the ball with six minutes remaining in the fourth quarter and a five-point lead, and Barkley had three consecutive runs for 41 yards. Now, that that hasn't happened very much this year. Barkley is a very up-and-down back. He's not really a sustainer. He's not really a grinder. He's a big playback, but he's not really a guy that gets hard yards. And this week he, he had some tough runs, but they need him to be that guy because they're not going to be ahead in games 27-10 right. in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, as we thought, there's not much talent. All right, let's talk Eagles nope. and Cowboys. Um, I think Jalen Hurts has exploded as a talent. Many subscribe yep. to the theory that it's mostly the people around him, the O-lines, the D-lines. So Gardner Minshew is, to me, has kind of a Baker Mayfield skill set, can move a little, can throw a little, but there's some talent here that you could win games with him. I wouldn't build around him. Can Gardner Minshew with his talent? Is there a massive gap between him and Hurts, or can they be effective moving the ball at all against Dallas's defense with Minshew? Well, those are two separate questions. I think that there's a pretty significant talent gap there, but they can be effective moving the ball. This is a team with arguably the best offensive line in football. Yes. Um, they've got Brown and Smith on the outside. They're going to get Goddard back this week, who's a top five tight end in this league. Um, they've got good running backs. So what they will be missing, and it's significant, is the run game that involves Hurts. And when I say the run game that involves Hurts, I don't mean where he's running. Don't forget, he changes the way defenses have to play because of the run threat, whether he runs or not. So when he's in the gun, which he is almost all the time, Colin, you have to think zone read. You have to think quarterback power. You have to think quarterback draw. You have to be aware of all these design quarterback runs that impact how you line up and how you play. You're not going to have to think about any of those things with Gardner Minshew. So can Gardner Minshew execute the offense in a more conventional way? Yes, I believe he can. But there is a, a meaningful drop-off, not only in talent, but in how defenses prepare and, and have to play. And I think that's something that should not be overlooked at all. Yeah. A little betting advice there for those of you who have, and it's very interesting. <laughs> um, hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I was saying this. We're in year seven with Dak. They have the second most yeah. pro, second most Pro Bowlers. Uh, pretty profound run game. They have a CD Lamb has established himself as a go-to number one. And in the three losses, Dak's completed sixty percent of his throws, passer rating in the seventy, and like six touchdowns, five picks. Um, I've, I've never been in love with Dak. I like his intangibles more than his tangibles. But 
how is he playing football this year? I didn't think Jacksonville's loss was on him. How is he playing this year? You know, I like Dak overall. I mean, I think Dak, when you watch him and study just him, he knows how to play quarterback. He's a pocket quarterback. He goes through progressions. He understands the offense. He knows where to go with the football. I think this year he's he's had some bouts of, of inaccuracy where the ball placement hasn't been as precise as it needs to be. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned C.D. Lamb. I think C.D. Lamb is their number one. I'm not sure C.D. Lamb is one of those big-time number ones the way we talk about other number ones. And I think since Gallup has come back, he's not been the same guy. They don't really have a number three. Yeah. You know, I think Schultz is a nice tight end, but not a special tight end. So I don't really think the Cowboys have a lot on the perimeter. Um, So, you know, they obviously have two good backs, although Elliott is certainly not the back he was. The tape tells you that immediately. All you have to do is put the tape on. He does not move like he used to. Pollard's definitely got juice. But this team, to me, is not as talented on offense when you watch tape as I think the narrative is, Colin. All right, Zach Wilson and the Jets against the Jags. So let's talk Jets. Zach threw for over 300 yards. Have you seen, since he was benched, did you see a little growth Lil growth. Uh, maybe a little. You know, it's funny. I finished watching that tape and I said to myself, this is where I think they would have hoped he would have been last year after four or five starts. Um, you know, you see the snaps in which he has light athletic feet and the live loose arm with the easy ability to throw the football. That's evident. You know, that we, we knew that even before he came out. You know, the, the problem that he has, and it's going – to need to be cleaned up or it's going to be a struggle every week is he has significant ball placement issues, even on some completions. I mean, he just does not place the ball where it needs to be. And he is consistent, consistently calling late on throws. He's a beat late and he has to become quicker mentally. He has to become more precise. Um, I think there's not the needed sync between his lower body and upper body when he delivers the football. So there's still a lot of work to do. That's why I said you would have liked to have seen him be at this point last year in his rookie year. Uh, but he's always going to make a few plays that get people excited. He doesn't make the the easy plays, the right. routine plays. Yes. And, and those are the plays that have to be made. Yep. That, that is what we've said from day one. He misses the layups. You got to hit the layups before you, you shoot. You got to hit the layups. Yep. Yeah. The great ones do. Okay. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, we're going to close with this. Uh, eventually, you'll get to the big play. But you know I loved him. I'm a little crazy. Over the top. I would have picked him number one years ago. He's starting to play pretty well, Greg. Yeah, you can see he's much more decisive, Colin. And I think now there's a a good marriage brewing between the offensive scheme and Lawrence because Lawrence is a long body, long-legged. You needed to speed him up. Just everything he he did needed to be quicker, and it is now. And you know what? The ball comes out, which tells you that he's far more confident in the scheme. He knows where to go with the football. You know, don't forget, Doug Peterson comes from the Andy Reid school. That's how he grew up in the game as a coach, even as a player. He was in Philly as a player. Um, And he's been in that offense for basically his whole life. 
So he understands that offense, and that offense is really well-schemed. It defines throws for quarterbacks. We've seen that through the years. And you can see Lawrence really taking to it now. He's not getting stuck in the pocket. So the ball comes out. And I think one of the most overlooked things about Lawrence, maybe it's not overlooked, but it shows up all the time, is he's a very good thrower on the run, Colin. That may be what the thing he does absolutely best is throw the ball on the run. And and actually, that's where we go, you know, with the big play this week because he was forced to throw the ball on the run on the, this touchdown that we're going to show uh, where he threw it to Zay Jones for you know a long a long touchdown of 59 yards. So this was last week against the Cowboys. This was not a designed movement play. He moved out of the pocket in response to pressure, and obviously you see the great throw. So what this is is this is just a, a play action type shot play. He's under center. And I like under center play action a lot more than I like shotgun play action. So you're going to see the play action element. And then Zay Jones down below is number one. He's the outside receiver on the trip side of the formation. And look at the corner playing soft off coverage. And normally you don't get over the top of corners who are playing soft, but this is a double move. It's basically an out and go. And you can see the corner, Joseph, uh, who ended up getting benched in this game, by the way, you see that he is beat. So now what we're going to do is take this back and you're going to see Lawrence, because as I said, this play was not meant for him to leave the pocket, but he's going to get pressure from the outside rusher. Who's going to work inside against his right tackle. And he's going to force Lawrence to leave the pocket. And Lawrence does. And, He's an excellent thrower on the move. I've talked yeah. to coaches who've coached him, and they say that's one of his absolute strengths yep. is that he can make throws on the move. And I think that's an element of his game that's really important because Lawrence is a good thrower from the pocket, but he's not a special thrower. He's a good thrower. So now that he has this element to his game, that really enhances it. And I think as you and I would probably agree that in this league now, your quarterback is going to have to make second reaction plays yep. where he has to move due to how the, due to pressure. And if you can't do that, it's tougher to play in the league. Good stuff. Greg Cosell, NFL Films. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Colin. Hi, let's talk about pro plan sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card. Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 